Hey, hello, how are you? We just wanted to give you a little heads up. There were audio issues this week, but we really wanted to allow you to enjoy this conversation because there were a lot of good things said in this episode. So we hope you enjoy. We hope you have a lovely day. And thank you very much for listening in to the Chick Cat Podcast. Good afternoon or good evening. Um, thank you for tuning into this episode of um, the Chick Cat Podcast. Um, we have an interesting episode. Um, the title is Surviving Our Struggles. So we've had a lot of mental health awareness this month. Um, and we're going to be diving into it as well. Um, and to do so, we have a bunch of lovely people to do so. So my co-host... Um, during this episode is Malik. Hello. And we have two really lovely guests. So the first time she's appearing, and we're very grateful to have her here, is Rochelle. Hi, everyone. And we also have the lovely returning Ryan. Greetings. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if you're wondering where Junior is, Junior basically thought he was too special and he's gone like, you know, um, yeah, he, you know, like there's the, the boy band groups and then one of them always goes solo. Yeah, Junior thought he'd do that. So, um, no, he, he's he's enjoying some time with family and he thought they were more important than us. So, just so you know that. Um, so, what we'll be doing is we'll be plodding along and we'll plod along into our icebreaker question. So, Rochelle, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pancakes. Hmm. It's not. It's not a hard decision for me. I love pancakes. Hmm. That's actually quite um, a good shout. Yeah, I feel like it's transferable. You know, it can be a breakfast. It can be a lunch. It could be a dinner. Why not? Wow. I think, I think Rochelle's cracked the question. Oh, my goodness. You look can't, you look can't say the same thing. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, Malik, what would you... Um, what, would, what would be your um, meal you'd eat every day for the rest of your life? Easy. Chicken and rice. Chicken and rice is going for that, you know. Have it so many food. ways. 
uh, it's amazing. Like, you can't go wrong. Like, if someone's like, if someone like ran me over and then like they brought me chicken and rice, I'll forgive you. <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good chicken and rice. Wow. So, uh, okay, so Malik's basically saying, you know, you're allowed to run him over as long as you come with that chicken and rice, he'll forgive you. Interesting. Um, Ryan, what would be your meal? For me, it would be a nice salmon and broccoli. For me, mm. salmon is definitely one of my favorite fishes. The only downside with salmon is the fact that it's the most expensive fish out there. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little pain in the wallet, but definitely one of the most best, um, best tasting fish out there. Broccoli, yeah, I know a lot of people didn't like broccoli, but I wasn't really one of those people. I'll, I'll be actively one of those people that I'll actively go out and eat broccoli. So yeah, that would just be what I'll eat the most if I could. Mm. Wow. Um, okay, well... Ryan's going to be poor because he's going to be enjoying all that food for the rest of his life and Malik's going to be ran over multiple times and Rochelle's just going to be chilling with her different types of pancakes so she's going to be alright for me I honestly don't know um, I'm probably just going to say for the sake of diversity rice and fish um because I just had it now and it tasted quite nice so <laughs> you could do that and obviously I don't, don't just want to say rice and chicken like mini you can do fish in a different way and there's different types of fish so <clears throat> we'll go with that for the time being so now let's dive into the main questions because we know that's why you're all here um, wait, awaiting these lovely questions so what is one struggle you had in school or at work and how did you cope slash overcome it? So we'll firstly go with Rochelle. Is this in life in general or like during the pandemic? Um, this is in life in general. In life in general. Hmm. Well, I'll speak about a recent example because I think it's more... Um, well, yeah, I can call it to mind more easily. I get bored very easily. And when I'm doing sort of repetitive tasks with work, I become quite resentful um, in terms of like, I just begin to hate the job. <laughs> um, so I really struggled. Like I, I have recently moved roles, but prior to that, I had become very complacent and very bored in my job. Um, and I was every day I was dreading going to work so I was mm. working in customer service um, and I don't feel like it affected my performance but I was on the verge because I was just <laughs> so over this role I became you know as if I, I just I don't want to do this anymore everyone's getting on my nerves these customers are getting on my nerves <laughs> and of course that that type of attitude as you can imagine you know you could clash with your colleagues you could clash with customers that you're speaking to etc and I always like to do a good job I always like to give my best 10 out of 10 so that for me especially during the pandemic it was very hard to find that joy and that motivation to want to help people in that role when I was very bored in the role 
how I over- overcame it, I think I got to a point where I just felt like, look, if you really don't like this, you need to leave. Um, and I wasn't at the point where I, I really hated the job, but I could see that I had hit, hit a brick wall and I wasn't learning, I wasn't growing anymore, I wasn't motivated at all. Um, so what I did was I, I had conversations with my manager to let him know how I was feeling. And also with my team, I was like managing a team at the time. Um, so I think it was good to be quite transparent with them as to where my head was at. Um, and I just, I would set my sights somewhere different. So I just mm. worked towards moving in my role, which I was able to do. Um, but it was a struggle for me because I'm usually quite a positive person, especially at work. You know, I don't, mm. I don't want anyone to feel, oh, I don't want to work with Rochelle or be around Rochelle because, you know, she's this really negative, horrible person. And I did feel a bit of my joy was lost for a little while and I didn't really feel like myself. So that was a big struggle for me. But yeah, I was able to overcome it and now I have a new job. So, woo! Mm-hmm. Well, well done on the new job. Thank you. Um, okay. So we've had one sort of very interesting and a positive end to it as well. So Ryan, what is um, a struggle that you've had and how did you cope slash overcome it? Yeah, so my biggest struggle that I had, like last, like from like 2018 all the way up to, to um, 2020, was just being in a constant state of limbo with my old with my old job. Now, um, I'm not gonna disclose what my my job is, but um, the job wasn't really good. Minimal hours, not so good pay, and waking up early every time just to get there and one thing that just made the job just even even harder to bear was my boss it wasn't the co-workers the co-workers were really you know they were very chill very down to earth you know good people to talk to but it was just the boss where that was just made it hard but sometimes like when you work certain jobs you just have that one boss like one boss where you've just been working at a low level job and it just basically just because of their ambitions to actually achieve power, once they get it, they just get too mad with it, with it, to the point where they basically just abuse their power to basically just get on everybody's bad side. I had so many um bad um, exp- um experiences with my boss, but um, what helped me to overcome it and helped me to deal with it was pray- uh, prayer to Jehovah and also you know personal study. And to some degree, I also have to think the pandemic for it um he, he kind of messed up to say but yeah to some degree i did have a pandemic to thank for it because um after um going on furlough for a while um i decided to go to a different route of when it comes to career um mm-hmm. so once when they um so once when furlough was over i just i just handed in my um my um my letter of resignation and then after that i decided to go back to um college and study up um science to um work on to become an apprenticeship in pharmacy because that's um that's where i want to go in the pharmacy so um right now that's what i'm doing studying up um coursework can be a little taxing but still i'm still trying my best to keep pushing forward so um but yeah that's one of the struggles i had to go through mm-hmm. <clears throat> Well done for getting through that, and I hope your course and everything goes well. 
Yeah, well done for uh, going back and studying. I don't know if I could yeah. do that. <laughs> I don't know if my brain would allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my brain. Yeah, we'll get onto that later. Anyways. Um. So Malik, what is the struggle that you had at school or at work, and how did you overcome it? Um. For me, a struggle that I've always had is if I can't see or find the application of something in real life, I find it very difficult to do. And this was evident in my school, like certain exams. I couldn't understand how it's beneficial. So my brain just couldn't work with it and I just failed exams. Even though like, I'll be amazing at the subject, but when it came to the exam, because it didn't like work my brain with, I'd just be absolutely horrendous. Mm. Anyway, so then that transferred into college and into my work and doing my apprenticeship because of coursework. <laughs> the coursework, I hate it so much because you just have to. I, I like, I'm someone who's pretty much, I have to be straight to the point when it comes to things, and coursework is just basically you have to waffle about a whole bunch of nonsense. And um, it became very hard when. You're there to learn a skill or to learn a task. So when I went to college, I was going to do electrical engineering. And I could physically do it. I could do all the drawings, build all these circuits. I have to write about it. That's where I struggled. And then similarly, when I went into working my apprenticeship and I was a teaching assistant, I would be doing the work perfectly, uh, helping all the kids, doing amazing, and like doing like actual reports on the kids, what I have to do and doing... Um, forms on them and documents and stuff like that that all made sense when it came to coursework about it i'm thinking what's the what's the point it was just like so hard because thinking why well, i'd have to write about how to become a ta and what a ta needs to do and i'm doing it every single day it was just so pointless for me in my head and i just couldn't something that i struggled with and it took me but another apprentice who was doing the same course for me they finished it within a year because of the coursework it took me two years to finish the coursework. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Um but obviously towards the end I kind of knuckled down and got it all done. And that's that's kind of leads me to the second part of what I'm gonna say is how I overcame it. And it was just one of those things of not everything in life is gonna be comfortable for you or fitted for you. You need to find a way of how it can fit you or you can just get on with it really so I think that's one thing that I've kind of had to learn just with certain things you just have to kind of get on with it and look at the look at the bigger picture and um, similar to Ryan about like praying praying for Jehovah God to just kind of help because like when Jehovah tells you to do certain things you might think why do I have to do this but when you can see the bigger picture of how it's beneficial then it makes it so much easier. Similarly, with me, when there's certain stuff I don't understand, or why I have to do this, things like pause, take a step back, look at the bigger picture, why it's beneficial, and like, then it just puts me in a better frame of mind to be able to do it. So that's something that I've been working on um, for this past year and so on. I mean, I'm improving slightly. <laughs> so I guess, I guess, pro- pro- any bit of progress is good. Hmm. Mm, I like thank you. I like the point. Thank you, Ravi. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's a good jam. Also, as well, if you don't have any auxiliary questions, because this is, is these are quite interesting, thought-provoking like topics. So feel free to dash those in as well. Um, yeah, for me, I do have a um, an auxiliary question to ask all of you lot, so you can begin sweating while I tell you my answer <laughs> to this question. Oh no. Um, so my struggle, um, I'm going to go to well. I could, <laughs> I could go for work, but I'm going to go for school. Um, so I was very slow in school. It just seems like it's weird. My brain didn't match my ability at times. So I felt I had to work double to just keep up with others. Um, so it's, it's really, for example, let's say you're in a class and everyone's doing work because, um, of how I did in like in year nine, I was in the top sets, um, the top groups. Um, if you're not from the UK, um, it's like the top groups in your year. Um, and I don't know, it was, I had the ability to do certain things because it would be shown in classes, but my brain just felt like it was, um, my brain felt like it hadn't done any exercise for like a whole year and then it was starting to run a marathon um, so that's what it felt like um, I struggled in maths particularly anyone who knows me I usually tell them that um, I don't know anyone I, that really likes maths well I run it well I, this is very tangent but ironically I was talking to um, a sister this week and she's like yeah my son really enjoys maths I was like wow good, good for him and I think my <laughs> My cousin does as well. I was like, wow, I'm going to bring you in my basement. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound as, as sinister <laughs> as um, I just said. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think over the course of my school life as well, um, I tasted my like first losses in life. So not like things that went bad, because things happened bad before. But like when I made mistakes with that was at school or other areas and I didn't really know how to react. But then also as well, because schools basically like some sort of it can be a ruthless place. People instead of like <laughs> instead of helping people like jump on the opportunity, like are oh, you know, like the phrase kicking you while you're down. Mm. Um so yeah, that didn't help with my perfectionist nature as well. Because if you're already a bit of a perfectionist and then if you know you make one slip up and then people are going to start kicking you down then it makes you even more of a perfectionist um, which isn't healthy Um, and also when it came to school as well I remember (laughs) um, my teachers would always say that I needed to ask more questions because I wasn't really good at asking for help at all um, which was quite interesting well not interesting but I remember loads of parents even saying that, you know, Timothy just needs to put his hand up and ask questions if he doesn't understand. Um, so that sort of slides into this, how did I overcome it, cope with it? Um, I remember praying um, regarding school because a lot of stuff happened around the GCSE year for me um, outside of school. So I tried to keep myself to myself. I tried to focus on long-term goals um, so, for example, I did product design. That was to help me with, like, you know, building projects and construction and stuff. Um, I gave up doing, like, art 
to do that. So it was like, okay, this is my goal. Okay, it might be difficult now, but I have a goal. Um, there's a purpose for this. But what also was good about that is because regardless of what grades you get, Jehovah can still use you. So it, in a way, it, it helped. Obviously, you need to take, pay attention, learn from whatever lesson you're in. But also, you don't have to feel you're not burdened by the same things that others are where it comes across that if they don't get a grade, their life is over. Mm. Um, but for me, that wasn't the case. Um, so, for example, in maths, um, at the time I was looking to leave my secondary school to go to a different place to college. So I knew I needed um, I needed it. And also, <laughs> my um, teacher... He was the head of maths and he was basically like, I've been teaching for like two decades or something like that. And he said politely, um, at parents' evening, he, he was basically telling my mum that, oh yeah, Tim's going to fail. So he's like just, he's, he's literally already planning like classes for the next year. So he's like, oh well, you know, Tim is not going to get the grades. So in sits form, he's going to have to come to the sits form here because you know other colleges and that won't take him um if he doesn't pass maths um i was on the e grade um for maths in the mocks we got so that was like two or three months before the real exam um yeah and then basically prayer a lot of revision like so much revision like i don't know how how all the information kept in i really worked hard and then i got like a it's not the best grade, but like a high C. So to get from an E to like a high C um, was quite good considering all the other things that were going on. Asking questions, um, getting to know people's mindset. And um, now for other things as well, I'm fortunate I have, I do have good friends, so, some good friends around me. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, I learned that I'm not an island. You know the phrase "no man is an island." Um, in when I went into school, I was very independent, independent thinking and stuff like that. But then you realise that you do need other people's help, and um, yeah, that was it basically. You know, hard, hard work, their future goals as well, and then yeah, people, good people around you really encourage you to do better as well. Um. So yeah, that's my sort of experience. Um, well, okay. well done for getting those grades. <laughs> I remember dreading my math exam. It feels like a lifetime ago now, but I, I remember dreading that math exam. Mm. And I think what was crazy for our math exam was the first time they, I think they accidentally put um, an A-level question in the GCSE paper. And I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> the, the, the chance of it. And apparently, I think I actually got that question right, which was like, wow. Um, yeah, that's why you got that high fee. Yeah, because, <laughs> the well, the funny, and this is also, this will blow other people's mind as well. One, this, this won't blow people's mind, but this is just a, another fact. I don't know if this added to it. Um, I'm dyslexic as well. Um, so the thing that will may blow people's mind people laughed at the time but this 
proved how extra hard I had to work. I was really horrible with my times tables, so I literally had to do it with my hand. So like during the exam, you'd see me like, you know, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, and things like that. So for me to get um, a, like a high C grade, I was like, yeah, I, I don't quite well. Con- considering I had to like do that and other people like, they, they knew all these other things. But anyways, we've passed that now. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> so, I have the auxiliary question for you. Um, so we'll start with Malik. Okay. What do do people misunderstand you? And if they do, what is the thing that you feel people misunderstand about you? Um, do people, I hope not. I don't think people misunderstand. Me. I feel like I'm pretty straightforward, and I always try and create um the around it so where people can say anything to me they don't need to mm. hold back um, because I remember like back in school when you've got all these people, like, egos and trying to like find find yourself as a person trying to like understand all these different people and everyone's different and trying to go through that people kind of like kind of might jump to conclusions about certain things oh this person thinks this this person thinks that and that is <laughs> that is stressful. It takes a lot of on you. It's a lot of toll on you mentally. Whereas now, I just pretty much say things, say things how they are. Especially yeah. if you're my friend and I've got I've got time. Like, I would rather you be as honest as can be, even if you think oh it might it might hurt or something, because it's easier to deal with the truth than some sort of wishy washy mixed messages. Just just a quick a quick message. If if you're not sure what I said, you don't understand what I'm saying, then just come to me with with your confusions and I'll I'll say it straight. Okay? Have a nice day. Okay. So Ryan, do you ever feel misunderstood and if is anything that people may misunderstand about you? That's a good question. Um, I think growing up in the States, um, me being different in the sense of like the way I dress or the way I speak, some people just like have their own like personal views of me. Like usually when I like when I was going to high school, like people would just listen to like hit, you know rap music, like you got your two chains, your Lil Wayne's, and all that stuff. But for me, um, the type of music I usually listen to is like video game music or like music that I hear from anime. So when people hear the music that I listen to, they're like, you don't listen. Like so, they're pretty much just looking at me with like the most confused look in their faces. And I guess because also with the way that I dress, they just, you know, some people either just find it weird because you know how people are. Like, if you're not basically trying your best to, like, fit in or try to dress the way they want you to dress, then you're just seen as, like, the outcast. But because I was, you know, because I was um, taught to be, like, be different and just break the mold when it comes to being, you know, being you and just find your own individuality, I guess when people see you in a way that you dress or the way that you conduct yourself or or the hobbies that you have they just see you as like weird but over time 
well, thanks to the truth, uh, um, it helped me to understand that. Yeah, it, it, that's a good thing to be different. Right? You're not, you won't, you don't want to mold, have yourself being molded into like the system of basically trying to blend yourself into people, getting yourself involved in the trends where certain trends could be looked down upon when it comes to um, Joe God standards. So I guess thanks to that, it kind of helped me to continue to um, to push forward and to be different, continue to be. Who I can, who I um, who I am, and just and just continue on. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's really nice, Ryan. Nice to hear that. So, it's your turn, Rochelle. Have you ever felt misunderstood, um, or maybe you still feel under misunderstood? And what is the thing that people maybe misunderstand about you? Yeah, this one. I have to really think about this. I'm glad that like I didn't go first on this one actually. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think it sounds it even sounds a little bit weird saying it, but a lot of the times people feel think that I'm very confident. So in in the workplace, um, I think because of like my role, I was I was quite assertive and I knew what I was doing for the most part. But people always thought that like I had this confidence and I knew everything and I was like look we're just I'm just figuring it out just like you would um in the truth it translates into for example you know people might hear your answers or your comments or if you you know give demonstrations etc people people are like oh you did so well and like you're you're very very confident but deep down I'm like sweating I'm anxious I'm nervous and I think as well when when people think that you're like a really confident person, they don't feel like you need any help or support, mm. which is which is quite the opposite in my case. Like I I do suffer a lot from from nerves, and although it might not necessarily show, I think that's a thing because I'm not like breaking down and I'm not like a shy person in the sense of like in a social gathering, like I don't speak or anything. But I think in that sense, people kind of overlook you. Mm. So when they're thinking like, you know, who can I check on? Who might need a bit of cheering up or who might need a bit of support? Generally, they'll just, oh, oh Rochelle's quite a strong person. She's quite a confident person. She'll be okay. And then you get overlooked in that situation. So, and obviously it's quite hard to, unless you speak with somebody, if they just see you from an outward appearance in that sense, it's very hard for them to get to know actually you are a very nervous person or you do need support in XYZ area so I would say that for me is something that I still kind of struggle with a lot of people still get that impression and not many people know deep down how I how I sort of really feel hmm hmm well you know we're gonna make sure that we go out our way to show you you know care and appreciation and stuff (laughs) like that now I wouldn't have it any other way yeah, it's it's a shame when that um happens. Yeah, so that's um that's a really nice point. Thank you. So we're gonna keep that in mind in the future. Um it actually is quite similar similar in a way. Um to me, I think one thing that is misunderstood about me is that um people think oh Tim just talks about like deep or serious things all the time. Because I was thinking, someone was basically referred to that the other day, but then I was genuinely thinking, oh, yeah, you know, you need to improve. I was like, people don't really, um, they don't really ask many questions to me. So, for Mm -hmm. example, um, you know, well, 
So I've noticed, for example, at home and with certain people, I joke around and all of that a lot. And you can only do that if it's like, for example, the environment for that. So, for example, if you're having a conversation, if someone only comes to you, they make small, small talk or um, they talk to you about deep things. It's very hard for you to be able to, you know, fully flourish. It's like, for example, you're not going to go into your doctors and you start them start busting jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it can be quite difficult. And then you like to your doctor, you could joke around a bit more. And he's like, well, you're coming to me with all your problems. So like, you know. <laughs> yeah, when do I joke with you? <laughs> exactly. So it's not a case of um, the people coming to the with problems. That's not the issue. I think it's just, um, and I think it a really interesting illustration, sort of like what, um, to slight angle of what um, Rochelle said, I think people just think oh Tim's because okay Tim might you know you hear Tim's involved in this or that I get overlooked quite a lot Mm. um and for example it's like a waiter who's at the who's at the restaurant I was thinking in real life do we ever actually think I wonder if the waiter's eating tonight we're just (laughs) we're just focused on ourselves getting served Mm. and um yeah, it's not it's not necessarily about things. It's just um, attention, um, or you know, and it's not all the time because I think people can be very extreme um, when you say that people like we don't have to friendships don't have to speak all the time, and that is very very true. Mm. Um, I have friends, you know, that are half way across the world, and obviously, you know, even if you wanted to speak all the time, you really couldn't because like the time zones are different, and you know, the pandemic and everything, and. But um, I think, yeah, I think people just, some people see me as too, too, um, what's it, too serious. So they're like, they just, they're in, in their mind, they sort of put you in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you never really get too close to anyone. Because think about it, you might really like your doctor, but you never really, you're not like, oh, my doctor is someone I'm definitely having at like, you know, my wedding or oh, you know I'm doing this gathering let me let me just whatsapp my doctor real quick your doctor has has their place you might really like them you might always ask for them when you go to the GP practice but that's about it yeah. so um yeah it's you can have good friends but sometimes you I feel to a degree because I like to help people people just view me as their doctor so they don't really ask questions like not just small talk it's not it doesn't have to be deep all the time I enjoy having fun so if if we just want to talk about I don't know rubbish like for example me Malik and Junior and even Ryan and others talk about absolute rubbish sometimes and then that's what you that's what you need we went to Centre Parks a lot probably 90% of the conversation was nothing nothing deep Um, and Centre Parks was absolutely amazing so um, I think if I could send a message out to anyone, not just for myself, but but if people, for example, are like giving or things like that, or you, someone who you go to for advice or something like that, there's different questions other than how are you that you can ask. Sometimes you could, you know, think of, try and think of, for example, if someone reacts a certain way, maybe ask why they react that way. 
um, for example, you know, someone might seem seem dry. Why do they react that way? Um, you know, something happened X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, because yeah, I've got family members. Some of them, let's just say, some are really fun, um, as you would know, Rochelle. But then there's <laughs> some some that need seasoning. So the ones that need seasoning, <laughs> when you find out, I'm not, no, no comment. I don't know the seasoning one. <laughs> when you when you need when, for example, someone um, you find out why they're like that, they like oh okay, and then you see them in a different light. Um, but if you don't ask those questions, why are they like that? Then you just see them as oh this person's dry. They need seasoning. I want to go to something else. Um, so yeah, there's my little mid rant during the podcast. Um, thanks for visiting my TED talk. Um, okay, so we'll slide into the second question now. So, what challenges to your mental health have you faced in lockdown? So, we're going to start with Ryan. Yeah, so some point last year, I had a little issue with sleeping. Um, in fact, um, I think for the last two, well, at one point for like two to three weeks, I was suffering from insomnia. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why I was suffering from it was because as you're in lockdown, you're basically just stuck in your house, nothing to do much, can't go out because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much just have all that energy just wasted. And because that you have all that energy wasted, I guess, um, your body having so much energy just couldn't really allow you to sleep so because of that um there's been nights where i try to force myself to sleep but my but my brain just wouldn't shut off to the point where um i had to start buying some like sleeping aids to help me get a proper night's sleep but um what actually helped was at one point um during the lockdown they decided to um open back up the gyms again so um started going back to the gym um start doing a lot of a lot of cardio well despite the fact the uh, stomach is still there but um <laughs> but yeah i had to do a lot of cardio just do a lot of something to get you know to um to get rid get rid of some of the um energy and it really helped because like i was able to fall asleep again without sleeping aids so um but yeah that was just one of the um mental health issues that i had Mm. <clears throat> well it's good I'm choking on air now um, it's good that you're um, you, you've been able to find a, a nice sort of way to cope with it um, I expect next time to see you looking like the Hulk because you said you've been going to the gym um, but yeah it's, no it's promises. good to be able to <laughs> it's good to um, have a healthy sort of outlet um, and I think yeah a few Especially, like you said near the beginning, suffered with insomnia as well. So it's interesting to hear that. Um, Rochelle, what is um, something a mental health challenge you faced during lockdown? Oh, what challenges haven't I faced? I think I've had them all. Um, dur- well, during the lockdown, I I've, well, I've had ongoing issues with my neighbour. During the lockdown, they've become quite worse. Um, so I was really suffering from anxiety due, due to that problem. I think one of the biggest things for me was sort of loneliness and then the feelings that that can bring. 
So, mm. you know, knowing this can lead to like depression, that can lead to anxiety, etc. feelings of your own self-worth. And I think for me, it's something I've spoken with you previously about Tim as well. I don't have a lot of friends in the congregation my age. So I grew up in the truth, but then took a little bit of a detour, found my way back and got baptised at the end of 2019. So a big goal for me um, since my baptism was obviously to make some good friends um, my age in the truth. And then COVID hit and we were in lockdown and obviously there was no social gatherings and <laughs> there wasn't really much of an opportunity to make friends. So living alone um, and not being able to see like, you know, my friends or my family, my congregation, etc. that was really, really tough. Just yeah. sort of being in your own company. I mean, even, even going to work, something as simple as that, you don't realise how, you know, that interaction, that social interaction with other people like how much as humans we need that so that was a big challenge for me I think just trying to keep myself going um and not and not going mad <laughs> you know while you're in the house on your own and like you get into adult space or you you know you start having negative thoughts or feelings to pull yourself back out of that but I think the anxiety is something that that definitely affected me um to the point where, uh, similar to Ryan, I was having trouble sleeping, etc. Um, mm. But I think, yeah, these things are, I mean, when you have an impact on your mental health, I feel like it brings on a bit of an onset of like other mental health challenges also. So mm. at times it felt like a bit of a whirlwind and it felt like a bit like, oh my goodness, I'm dealing with all of these different emotions and feelings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still going, so obviously it hasn't it hasn't got me down to down to the the point where I, of no return. But um, I think definitely it, was, it has been hard just feeling anxious and sort of anticipating something bad is going to happen. Mm. Well, we're, we're glad that you were able to get through that. It can be quite difficult, especially during part in the year that we've had. And it's, well, hopefully things have or will improve. Um, yeah, we just hope those things improve and anyone that else that's listening to this that are facing the same things, we hope that, um, yeah, it improves for you as well. So Malik, um, what challenges to your mental health have you faced during lockdown? Um, challenge that I faced was I think it was just like the absence of of having a clear plan of what to do <laughs> because mm. like the first 16 years of your life is pretty much all set out for you to know what you're doing like when you're like in year seven what are we doing next year i would know from january to december what my year's gonna look like and same all the way up to um leaving leaving college um and then, like, when I got baptized back in August 2018 and started working full-time in September 2018, I was like, okay, cool. These are my two things. I'm just going to juggle these both and kind of develop just as a person and improve in these areas. And then 2019 happened. It was such a great year. And I finally felt that, like, I was kind of, like, leaving this path behind of this structured uh, timetable and plan. I'm developing my own idea of what I wanted to do. 
Then obviously 2020 came around and it started. <laughs> it started so amazing, just like just like hanging out with people, making new friends, making friendships, um, like reaching goals, working on like my Spanish, going to Spanish meetings. Amazing. Like the start of 2020 was was perfect. Then <laughs> people people start coughing and the whole world. And then it was just this whole thing of when you've got nothing to do. Like normally, if it's like holiday time, or whatever, and you're doing nothing, you like for a week, two weeks at most. Like even when we were in school, we'd have the summer holidays. By like the sixth week, you're like, hmm, I kind of miss school, you know. Not necessarily <laughs> that you miss school, but you just like you miss that kind of that structure. Mm. And I think that's what it was for me. Of just like not having that structure, not having like there's things I want to do. Like oh, I want to go see my friends. Or I want to go play football. I want to do this, but can't <laughs> it was just like what 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 do i do what do what should i do and that was just like really hard for me and it kind of got better i kind of was able to overcome it uh but then like you go up when i would like have like a project to do whether it was like in room painting my room doing an art project then there was times when I like lost inspiration, didn't have anything to do. And even though you might try to fix that stuff by talking to people, as um as, as Rochelle said, you don't have that physical social interaction. It's just it's not the same. But um, now that things are kind of like lifting up and lockdowns kind of fading away a bit, then it's kind of improving. So I started to go gym. Then what Ryan was saying of like having that really like burn energy to sleep better and obviously being able to hang out with friends now and or in person has helped a lot as well so yeah <laughs> oh, well done it's good to I expect you to be like Thor then if Ryan has to be that Hulk because he started before you I expect you to be like Thor Malik so wait which you mean you mean the fat Thor that was playing for <laughs> nah nah man yeah, you have to be like you know, Infinity War Thor, like Prime Thor. Um, okay. Yeah, so that, that's what I expect of you. Yeah, it's good that you've been able to come through that. I think um, for myself, on a similar, I think um, life being put on hold, so it, everything just went. Like, it was weird. From, you know, being able to do, like, going on a ministry, going to gatherings, Centre Parks was evil if you think about it in hindsight because because it was it it seemed so good <laughs> um, in, in initially it was so good we were having a good time brothers and sisters and all of that and then it just got bad after that um, you lost all the social gatherings you couldn't meet people in person it was I think it was just like the school thing I think you used the perfect illustration there at the beginning it's like yeah this time off is good isn't it and then it's like yeah I, I'm kind of bored at home innit I, I want to do things innit so um, yeah and I was also as well it made me more poor because I was about to be getting some work literally like the Monday and then on the Friday they're like yeah lockdown started so uh, forget your life um so that happened 
Um, I think also as well what Rochelle said in terms of feeling alone, loneliness. I think it was very surprising because you think in theory, just because you live with people, you wouldn't feel alone. But then you realise, for example, one friend said a very good point. There's certain things that maybe you don't get in your family, but you get through friends. And because, for example, you can't see those friends or because now, for example, it's easier for you to not have a lot of contact with certain friends. So certain friends, you're like, OK, I'm going to see you at meeting. Certain friends, you're like, oh, I'm going to see you at football. Certain friends, you're like, oh, I'm going to see you at the regional. Certain friends are like, OK, well, you know, if there's a gathering, you know, I'll invite you to this or blah, blah, blah. Some people... I don't know about you lot, but there's been like waves. So sometimes you you sort of connect and messaging this friend a lot, and then you don't really hear from them for a while, and then you might might go back to chatting a lot, and then you don't hit, and then so yeah, I think like sort of like what Malik was saying, consistency went out the window, and I really do enjoy something consistent. It did partially feel like you know the year, well, like a year was stolen out of out of my um. I think it, yeah, it just took a lot. Um, it helped me to reflect. Don't get me wrong, there's positives in terms of being able to reflect and think who I am and what I want to do and stuff like that. But um, I think the loneliness really took over. Well, it, it hit very hard. And I think it actually hit harder this year than last year. Um, because I think I think the initial one, we, we thought, oh, you know, one lockdown and we'll get out. And then little did we know that it was going to be a trilogy. Um, so when the, when the third episode of this saga came, I, I, it hit me. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Mm. It was winter um, as well, and everything was just so depressing. Mm. So then, also on top of that, because um, we were moving, so when we when we were moving, we couldn't really see anyone. So when things people could start seeing each other. It's like, oh, I'm like four hours away from the people I actually do want to see. This is fun. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, and then also as well for me personally, that goes into anxiety because there's... Um, I see it. Because of friendships before, you worry about if people are going... If others are going to put the effort in the friendship... Um, or they just go to like you know this sort of talk about our vibes and oh if it will be it will be that sort of talk <laughs> and stuff because then you're like okay well the friendship space is just gonna die then if I'm not putting all the effort in so um, even if that's logical or not with the person it's just uh, that was a worry so um, yeah just a few things like Rochelle said you know one thing spawns into other things and then you're just caught in a worry cyclone so yeah that was the challenges I faced um, during the lockdown um, so we're going to go on to our final question now so what role has your friends family um, you know spiritual or otherwise or Jehovah had in helping you with your struggles and what has overcoming difficulties taught to you, um, Rochelle? I would say, well, in this specific example, I would say that Jehovah has helped me. Um, I think of the scripture in Proverbs. Um, Proverbs uh, 3, 5, trusting Jehovah 
with all your heart do not rely on your own understanding i i didn't know what was going to happen and i was quite fearful when the when the lockdown hit and you know we had this global pandemic take over you know not just like oh everyone in london sick everyone in the uk it was like worldwide this thing just shut everything down i didn't know what to expect what to happen i was very worried about you know i remember at one point going to like the supermarket and every shelf was like empty and I was just like I'm gonna burst into tears like I'm gonna starve to death you know like you just your mind just goes to like every end of the world film that you've ever seen um and I remember like just yeah speaking to like you said it was the lockdown was good in a sense in terms of slowing down and mm. I feel like I've been able, I had the opportunity to really strengthen my relationship with Jehovah. So I found myself obviously speaking to him more. Um, the concerns that I had, I was offloading them on him more. And I was able to to really rely on him, you know. Um, I've not, even with, you know, not feeling well, etc. I've not missed any meetings. Um, of course, we've had it via Zoom, but, you know... I feel like if I was, if, if life was as it was, there might be evenings where I'm really burnt out or I'm really unwell or, you know, sometimes you, you just feel in a very low place and that can get in the way of, of your everyday life. But I've been able to attend each and every meeting on Zoom and get involved with, you know, campaigns. I'm not worn out from work, having to like travel every day, etc. So I've been able to get involved with more things. And I've just, I've really seen Jehovah's Hand, you know, nothing, the brothers and sisters were very helpful in the congregation, making sure that everyone, especially elderly ones, had everything that they need. Um, Like at memorial time, you know, everybody rallied around and they shared things and so everybody could celebrate the memorial, which was amazing. Um, And I just think in in terms of like overcoming these difficulties um, that I faced throughout the year, I think it, it, it's taught me, obviously, that reliance on Jehovah. You know, if you rely on Jehovah, you can't fail, of course. And also, it's taught me that when when you do hit rock bottom, the only way left is up. You can't, if you're at the bottom, you can't continue going down, right? So mm. no matter how low I felt or how down I was or how severe a challenge or difficulty was, there always has to be an upside and there always was an upside um Mm. and i think a lot of that is your attitude towards the task and the problem as well um but when when you make the problem not only yours but also jehovah's then yeah you you can definitely accomplish you know whatever it is that you set your mind to in that sense because he will help you so yeah it's been a, a rocky road um but i definitely feel like my friendship with jehovah has grown and strengthened and you know, that bond has become stronger and there have been times where, you know, I've, it's been hard for me to rely on him just because of the, the challenge I was facing, but I've always seen him come through for me, so, yeah, my mate Jehovah. <laughs> well done in um, getting through all of that um, and hopefully, yeah, it's a, there's negatives but there's also positives so like you said you know being able to rely on Jehovah strengthen relationship and stuff things and probably this might be the best run that any of us have had at meetings you know being able to Definitely. go consecutively and stuff like that so there are positives 
um, even though sometimes it might seem there's only negatives. But yeah. So um, I will slide this same question over to Ryan. Um, what role has um, family, friends, um, or Jehovah had in helping you with struggles? Yeah, I had a lot of friends that helped me out a lot, a lot with struggles, um, especially those back in the states growing up. Um, in fact, I have two friends back in the states that I see as not just spiritual brothers, but actual brothers. Where um, usually times like during the weekends, we just hang out, chill, um, play basketball, or just play like um, video games, and and um, also other friends on top of that as well where we could just go to like different places like the uh one of the places that we usually like to go to like every year is called the uh south florida fair um real fun place um nice place to hang out and everything so usually it was like something that we we enjoyed doing like every year um also friends over here as well um especially um the whole like before the whole pandemic you know the um the whole center parks thing was really a nice Really had a um, blast with that. Um, helped mm. me to at least escape from, you know, the ish, you know, the constant issues and struggles I was going through when it came to like my last um, job. You know, for at least even if it was for like a week, it was still a good week because at least it was a week mm. away from work. And um, yeah, I did have some family as well that um, helped me um, with it as well. Um, some well. One family that's in the truth, some that weren't in the truth, but yet they still were there, you know, to help me, especially now, as I'm, you know, in this in the UK now. And uh, in terms of Jehovah, um, one scripture that I always go back to, which is pretty much everybody's favorite scripture, which is Isaiah forty-one ten, where it tells us not to be afraid, not to be anxious, and just to um, and to give us relief, knowing that Jehovah God will fortify us, help us, and just like a parent would hold our hands with his right hand, it was my, of his right hand of righteousness. So, um, just keep enough scripture in mind that um, that he's there to help me when I'm going through um, different struggles. Of course, he's not going to answer every prayers because um, certain some of those prayers will be answered in due time or until the new to the new world. But still, at least having that scripture in mind, it still helps me to um, continue on. Um, and yeah, continue on spiritually, and um, again, and also regular Bible reading and personal study helps as well. Um, especially when it's on topics about you know the new world and all the blessings that comes along with it, and um, just being patient and just waiting for it. Also, the congregation meetings keeping me busy doing so many different um, responsibilities, even if it's on Zoom, still responsibilities I have to do. And um, but yeah, that's some of the help that I have <clears throat> that I have now. And um, even though it's not necessarily something that's like relevant, but um, drawing also helps as well because at least it's something that can calm my mind, at least explore the uh, creative side of my mind, and just put different thoughts and ideas into drawing form. But yeah, those are some of the helps that I have. Mm. Thank you so much. That's really, really um, nice to hear. And yeah, we've been enjoying the drawing sessions as well. Okay, so Malik, what role has family, friends, or spiritual things of Jehovah had helping you with struggles and 
what has overcoming those difficulties taught you? Um, I feel like this this past year, 2020 and 2021, has uh, allowed me to develop friendships um, in terms of people people that I know, people that I've met met recently in terms of, in terms of everything. And also develop my relationship with Jehovah as well. But um, the thing that, that I really that really helped me was just that when you Jehovah always answered my prayers even before I made the prayer sometimes. But there was a point when I was feeling like really low mentally, like my head was all over the place. And just out of nowhere, like my friend messaged me. I think it was like it was so random. It wasn't like it was like literally like as I felt myself just like when I was like going into like a dark place, just messaged me out of nowhere. It's like you're right. It was just like yeah, that's just just Jehovah and having that friend as well was amazing. And um, similar to like what everyone said about how we've had well we've had so much time. Kind of develop stuff because, like, at the meeting, not being able to miss it, and also another thing that really helped me was with everything that went on in 2020 and how bad it was, how so many goals and plans went out the window. Is that at the end of the year, when I look back, the spiritual goals I'd set, I was able to achieve, which was mm. really amazing. Because at the start of the year, I was like, okay, I want to. And start working part time, do more ministry, and I'm literally fine there. Um, and that was like my main spiritual goal. And then, towards when I got, um, they let me go for my, my job, so it was like end of the academic year, August. And I was like, I wasn't getting paid, but, which is great. <laughs> but I had all this, I had all this free time, and the campaign was there in, like, in November. I was like, 30 hours. Let me give it a shot, and that was like my first. It was the first time I had a, a chance, really, with time and belief in myself, and with like Jehovah's help and friends as well. That I thought, okay, I can do this, and it gave me a chance like widen out as well, which was great. Um, and yeah, so then like towards the end of the year, when I was able to like look back at obviously like how bad the year was, but spiritually I had grown so much, and that kind of just made me think of. Um, how Jehovah always takes care of the most important things and put that first and always help. And because of that, I've just, I've grown as a person for sure. And that's kind of just like what happens when like I've overcome these difficulties and it's taught me a lot of how when you trust in Jehovah God, things just always, they always go well. Like even though things can go wrong and everything might be perfect, but the most important thing is always taking care of. And that's the and because of that my mental health has has increased a lot this year and like even though there's been like issues and problems it's like even though it's like two two years ago that would have stressed me out whereas now I'm just completely like at peace for the most part so yeah it's it's all good Mm, well done Um, it's good to hear that you're friend was um attentive and it's good to remember as well sometimes you know we might feel our let me message this person 
we might be getting moved by Jehovah's Spirit to be able to do that. So, you know, go go with it. And then, you know, slide in Malik DM, see how he is. Um, see what he was talking about earlier when he said about being, um, you know, misunderstood or not being misunderstood. Um, yeah, it was good to hear about your experience. Um, from me, um, family of friends, um, especially last year, um, I think, well, well uh, before the last year, definitely mum, because at one point mum was like one of the only people that didn't give up on me. And I think that really made me think, wow, because I really didn't believe in myself at that time. So, because I was like, oh, mum, if mum believes in me, um, I remember what a brother said at an answer. He said, um, our relationship with other humans and brothers and sisters affects our relationship with Jehovah in terms of if people treat us horribly, everyone around us treats us horribly, even or everyone gives up on us. It's going to be very hard for that individual to believe that Jehovah, it's not impossible, but it'll be very hard for them to believe that Jehovah believes in them. Um, so it was good that um, mum didn't give up on me. Um, so then that helped me to survive and be able to make progress and stuff like that. And then the different different things she taught me as well. Um, I think especially the last, in the pandemic, there's been some people that have shown real kindness. I think like the art thing as well, because um, I don't usually do art if I'm feeling bad or feeling like low. Um, so it's been nice to be able to do art, be able to chat with people, do the books as well, but not just do it on my own, be able to do it with others, be able to interact, personal study and stuff. Um, I struggle, um, my brain to like this, you know, as I said earlier, a bit slow with certain things. Um, so to persevere with that. And then also as well, people who have um, gone out of their way to show kindness, like, you know, there's a brother in, in Hong Kong. Um, he's shown real kindness. He's gone out of his way to show that he cares. Um, and also just seeing how you are. And you can tell by his questions, it's not just a, oh, let me just tick off a box. It's genuinely, you know, it's not long. It's not like he writes a whole essay. It's just like, how are you doing and the questions that you ask it shows that you really actually cares as an individual um, I think that's important and then also as well people it's nice to have people that you can just chat about absolute rubbish with. but also as well when for example ministry I think ministry has been a real thing that's absolutely kept me sane so when people make the effort to come to arrangements or do arrangements with you it really 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 helps um, yeah that's that's really helped me because it sort of stabilises you because then you don't you can't wallow in self-pity because you're like oh, I've got ministry or you can't um, if you've got an arrangement with someone no matter how bad you're feeling that day you can be you're like okay well I, I've got an arrangement so I'm going to do that with this person and then you know as like Malik said you, you find yourself more well, depending how the ministry goes, because obviously you, both parties need to put effort in, but then you come out feeling better, um, which is good. It gives you the energy to carry on. And yeah, I think, you know, some people you've been able to have deeper conversations with, um, friendships, 
that you may worry or no, we haven't been able to see each other in person, but some friendships have people, you know, the friendships actually improved. It's got more depth to it as well, which is good. Some people I've known only during the pandemic, which is quite quite strange. Um, so yeah, overcoming difficulties has taught me that, you know, we're not an island. We do need people. There are things that you can do yourself, but also as well, helping each other is vitally important because sometimes there's just things that you can't do on your own and just checking up on each other because we all need encouragement and it's nice to just check how everyone's doing to be honest and just you know are you all right and then yeah stuff like that so that draws us we're drawn to an end does anyone have any points they'd like to say or we all pointed out <laughs> I just I think it's been nice just hearing that I'm not the only person having these experiences or these struggles you know I think we've all been going through it and we we deserve a little bit of credit to ourselves to say like you know we've, we've, we've kept going because it can be hard especially I think as a young person to have that reliance on Jehovah I think mm. my natural inclination is to just go and try and resolve an issue myself. So, yeah, this lockdown has definitely taught me to to trust in him. And I think, well, it, it sounds like everyone else is doing the same and it's worked out for us. So, yeah. Mm, thank you. That's, um, yeah, that's really, really true. Sometimes we feel, well, not sometimes, a lot of the times, if not all the times, we probably feel like we're the only one going through that trial. Mm. So it's good to have other people and it's like, it sounds really terrible if you think about it. It's like, oh, it's great. Other people are suffering with me. But at least that way that you know, like you're you're not as crazy as you may think. You're like, okay, well, if other people are going through this, maybe I can learn this from them or help them. So yeah, it's been interesting. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to thank um, um, our lovely guest, Rochelle for um, being with us thanks for having me um, we hope to have you on again in the future um, also as well we'd like to thank Ryan yes happy to be here happy to share my, my experiences again thank you for having me as well we'll look forward to having you on in the future as well and then this guy we might have him on in the future I'm not sure um, Malik um, shall I come back I guess, I guess we'll see. I might, I might just do a junior and just run away. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to say thank you to junior because, as we said at the beginning, yeah, he thinks he's too good for us now. So we're not, we're not going to thank him. Um, so we'd like to thank you for listening. Um, thank you again to our lovely guests who's come, and also as well if you are suffering, um, you know, reach out or if you are or aren't. Um, it's always good to check on your friends even the ones that maybe encourage you often people who are older than you people younger than you we all need encouragement and um yeah if you get malik chicken and rice you can run him over so that's also interesting as well (laughs) so the next episode that should be coming out after this um i believe is about traveling and about holidays that's nice and fluffy and something different to look forward to so i hope you have a really lovely day 
or a lovely evening and um, that you keep safe. Toodles. <laughs>